This podcast contains explicit content and is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Don't say we didn't warn you. Hey everyone, it's Hannah. And I'm Madison. And you are listening to Who's Knocking? A true crime podcast. That's right. And today we are back. We are doing part two of our series on Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka, aka the Ken and Barbie killers. Ew. Yeah, we are back. We are here to dive back into this disgusting pool of information. Yeah. Um. So, okay, first of all, I was telling you this before, but as I continued researching, I kept finding contradictory information. Of course. Of course. I feel like that's really normal for a lot of true crime cases and anything that's unsubstantiated, I will say if it is. But when we get into this episode, I was I will add in a couple like extra pieces of information I found that uh, pertain to last time, just for okay. food for thought for everybody. So last episode, I talked about Paul and Carla's childhoods, how they met, and basically, like, everything about their relationship before they became serial killers together. <laughs> Just the good old days. So today, we're going to get into what's definitely the worst parts of this case, which is the crimes that they committed together. Um, yeah, because up, yeah. up to now, they have not – it's only Paul who's been raping. Yes. And that's pretty much And it. as far as we know, Carla didn't know. Although, again, different sources say different things. Some people say she knew and got off on it. Some people say she didn't know and would have been shocked to find yeah, out. Yeah. Like it's And that's stuff that you could just never know. Like you can't know I don't what's think in someone's possible. mind. Yeah, exactly. So And I guess just another heads up which we which we uh heads up about last time, but it's a lot of sexual assault. Yeah. So like yeah. if if that's bothersome for you, this is not an episode for you, perhaps. Yeah, definitely extra explicit content warning. It's so there's a lot of details out there about this case because there are publicly released video transcripts of their yeah. crimes, which I will get into because some of that is really, really significant, obviously, to yeah, the yeah. events of the case and also the events of like the whole trials and everything. But I don't want to include anything that's not necessary because it is pretty graphic. Yeah. But that information is out there. Specifically, the book that I read, Lethal Marriage, has full transcripts of a lot of the specific events. So if you're interested, you can check that out. But I will include a lot of details still. So still explicit content warning and everything that I think is like really relevant to the case, but also what I think is relevant to kind of like the psychology of Paul and Carla, I did include a lot of those details. Yeah, you can't talk about this case without getting into some graphic details. Yeah, yeah. What it is. I know. I didn't want to go past the point of like what's really necessary because it's also it's really repetitive it's like kind of the same stuff over and over but there will be graphic details so prepare yourself brace yourself be ready for it be ready (laughs) okay it won't be as bad no one's arm is getting cut off it won't be as (laughs) it won't be as graphic as that cool that's our benchmark for yeah if you could handle anthill kids yeah you'll be be cool this is not compared to that so actually i don't know we'll let we'll let everyone be the judge judge it yourself so We will pick up in December of 1990, and today's episode is going to cover between December 1990 to about June 1991, so Mm. about a year and a half of horribleness from Paul and Carla. Um, But let me do a really quick recap. Still, everyone listen to the first part of the uh, first episode part. 
if you haven't, but we'll do a really quick recap. So December 1990, this point, Paul and Carla have been engaged for about a year, and they've been together for over three years. And as far as we know, unknown to Carla, Paul had committed 11 known rapes during the years that they'd been dating with a couple of them. Like two of them were a few months before they met, as far as we know. Yeah, probably way more. Honestly, yes. And also a lot of people online (laughs) on the good old internet say that it started way before, like Paul was raping way before. So as far as we know, 11 Really Pop. successful rap career also. Oh, my God. Which also There's more note, about that this episode. Okay. I'll, uh, Chris Chris was – I told him a little bit about it, and he's like, it's does so he call bad. himself the Scarborough Rapist? <laughs> <laughs> no, missed opportunity. So. He had a – he didn't have, like, a rap name for himself, which was too bad because his raps were extremely, extremely cringy and wouldn't have minded going more down that path. But we w- – it will come up again. Okay. <laughs> One of the worst tortures he commits is making people listen to his rap music. Um, okay, so Paul and Carla were in a long-distance relationship for most of the time they were dating. Oh, right. So Carla was in St. Catharines, which is a few hours' drive from Paul's hometown of Scarborough, Ontario. So based on that, like, it is possible Carla didn't know about his crimes because it's not like she was with him. Yeah, yeah, he had his downtime. Yeah, you know. his terrible, creepy downtime. Um, And so while they were dating, their relationship was becoming very, very toxic increasingly over time because it started off with Paul basically being like perfect Prince Charming, showering Carla with gifts, calling her his princess. And then, yeah, so gross. And then very, very, very quickly, Paul started to become significantly more and more abusive over time from being like emotionally manipulative, insulting her and then starting to like dictate what she wore, who she saw, what she did just always insulting her and making her insult herself and as well. Typical abusive. Typical abusive, like every level, physically, sexually violent, just really shitty. And I think that's a really important part of this case that a lot of people don't talk about. Like a lot of people kind of uh, present this case as a situation where Paul and Carla were both equal partners. And I think based on the information that I've read, it's very, very safe to say that there was a power imbalance and... um, Paul was, like, abusing the shit out of Carla, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like, she clearly was not on an equal footing with him, yeah, at yeah. least in the relationship. And there's a whole, like, age difference, too, which yep. is, like, very typical. Yeah, he was older. Abusive. Yeah. So despite all this going on, the whole time, Carla continued to at least outwardly hold on to the fantasy of the perfect guy that Paul pretended to be at first, especially towards, like, her family and friends. And she was planning for their wedding, which was going to be June 1991. So, denial, sounds like. Yep. Very powerful thing. It's that typical, like, she just, like, wants to have a wedding. And it's, like, some people are so obsessed with, like, their weddings. I think so. That's just, like, a huge thing. And, like, getting married. Yeah, the image. And for Paul, too, the image thing was big for him. And also, like, he had convinced her not to go to university. So he was basically, like, the only thing kind of that she had. Very typical, cutting her off from everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his father before him, Paul's dad was really abusive and his grandfather is really abusive so big cycle there but so despite carla acting like everything's perfect and how they're going to have this great lavish you know fancy wedding paul had started to become obsessed with carla's younger sister tammy oh yeah it's so like repulsive on a lot of levels but how old is she again she was 15 and paul was 25 so it's just like disgusting yeah and she's a minor yeah and carla I believe, was around 20 at this point. So, 
So by early June of 1990, the police were actively looking for the Scarborough rapist, which was Paul, and several people had actually recognized him as being the suspect from a composite photo that had been made public. So in November of 1990, he voluntarily went in for questioning when he was called, and essentially he just charmed the police into thinking he was this really nice, polite guy. How do they all do that? I know, I know. Just like, if you act polite, you can't be a murderer. You can't be a rapist, I mean. So basically charmed them into thinking he was this great guy, and he did voluntarily give his DNA, which is good for the police. But at that time, the DNA uh, testing process was very, very slow. And Paul himself, like his DNA was very low on a list of over 100 samples at that point with more to be taken right, right. that still had to be processed. And they had collected DNA from a lot of the victims. They'd collected DNA from the victims and they had like, at one point they had 200, I remember from uh, a bunch of sources I read, at one point they had 224 suspect samples. Yeah. So it's a ton of samples and the processing was really, really, really slow at the time. So November 1990, they had his DNA, but you'll see it's quite a while before it actually gets like tested. tested. Yeah. So November 1990, questioned, gave DNA, and at that point, Paul decided he should get the fuck out of Scarborough and move in with Carla and her family in St. Catharines. So that's where we left off last time. Um, But before I get into today's stuff, I wanted to mention like a couple of the other pieces of information I found just because I thought it was interesting. Um, And these are all things to take with a grain of salt because I did some of them I did read from multiple sources, but a lot of them were from like true crime blogs, Reddit and things where I had trouble tracking the source really but one thing i kind of thought was interesting was initially in our last episode i had mentioned one girlfriend of paul's previous to carla and how he was like abusing her and humiliating her yeah they really young one really young and just like you know super imbalance of power and from what i read later he actually had several girlfriends and actually in 1986 which is the year before paul and carla met two women had been granted restraining orders against him, which I think is interesting because if you're bad enough that someone needs to grant or whatever, ask for a restraining order against you, that's pretty fucking serious. And it's granted. It was granted. And apparently um, his thing with all his ex-girlfriends was threatening to kill them if they told anyone about him abusing them. And I just think it's really interesting because to me, it sheds more light on what it's like to be in a relationship with Paul and kind of like the... The way that somebody can trap you by being like, I will kill you if you tell anyone about this. And, you know. And like, they're so scary that you believe it. Of course. Because I'm sure a lot of yeah, people yeah. could say like, I'm going to kill you. And you're like, okay, no, you're not. Yeah, but like, like he's scary. You scared them so much that they literally believe. Right, you. right. And I believe many of them were younger than him as well. And yeah. I think that can play a role. Huge. So had Especially to say that. if it's like, okay, it's like a 30-year-old and a 40-year-old. It's like one thing. But when it's right. like she's like 16 and you're 20, 25 yeah. or whatever, like that's huge. It is. It really is. And um, obviously Paul is like very well versed in abuse and manipulation. Like yeah. these people, these like psychopathic people. Yeah. Well, yeah. For that to be his normal person. Exactly. And he specifically has been practicing it yeah. a lot. So sadly, he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's a little extra note on Paul. And then I, this is like the most frustrating, frustrating piece, Carla's childhood. I feel like it's like the most enigmatic piece of this case. Um, And so several blogs and like true crime Wikipedia-esque pages, not the actual Wikipedia, but like fandom.com, one of those, 
several of them were talking about how Carla's dad was an alcoholic and how he was this known creep in the neighborhood and oh. all this stuff and and saying that basically like he had this mistress and his wife found out and so his wife said like Carla's mom Dorothy apparently said okay mistress if you have sex with both of us that will save our <gasps> marriage and they like had a threesome I don't know if this is true it was a lot That's from blogs odd. it was weird it was a lot from wikis and like there was this one article was Carla Homoka's uh, was Carla Homoka's childhood normal? The answer is a resounding no, and it's saying all these kind of claims. So, but I mean, like I don't know. That's I don't like that's kind of weird, but it's not like so out of this world or right. like anything that I would be like like a like a lot of people's dads are alcoholics and a lot yeah. of people's parents have like marital issues and sure. have infidelity and like do weird sex shit. Like yes, it's not on the level of. Paul's abusive childhood no, but I not even close yeah exactly yeah not even close I think it there's levels to how much that could affect the events of this case well and it's like little things can affect somebody hugely depending on who they are right but it's like Paul's Paul's background is more like okay like Obviously. you had no chance to be a normal person yeah whereas that it's like all right a lot of people have weird parents like they're just right. weird and I think at the very least we can say if her dad was truly an alcoholic, even if he wasn't like violent or anything like that, it could be possible that he was maybe emotionally unavailable because I feel like people who struggle with alcoholism, it's something where they're trying to escape reality. So maybe yeah. he wasn't able to be present with Carla and maybe that is why she was drawn to an emotionally unavailable man yep. in Paul. Yeah, it makes sense as to why she's drawn to that type of guy. And I think like that he turns out to be like insane. Yeah, except he's just so much worse than yeah, you could like, ever there's imagine. There's a lot of like shitty guys who will just be shitty to you. Yeah, but, like, yeah. Not a lot of them are like rapists. Yeah, this is next murders. level and like violent rapes. Like I did not describe the details of the rapes, but you know it was very violent. Yeah. Um. So now that we're all caught up, I want to pick things up in St. Catharines, Ontario, late November of 1990. So. Like I said, Paul was obsessed with Tammy. He had been uh, spying on her outside her window as she changed. He had been um, that like, like creeping a, on a her. Relationship ender. Like if some if I'm yeah. dating somebody who's obsessed with my minor sister, I'd be like, okay, like go give. Well, don't, but like get, it's ew. so bad, and it and I can tell that Paul really used it to gain more power over Carla because he'd be like, oh, Carla. Tammy's way better than you in videos that he made of Tammy because he'd film her like playing That's soccer so he'd be like you're so athletic not like that clumsy Carla like he's just using Tammy to demean Carla but I think I don't know if Carla was just like felt trapped and went along with it we'll talk about that but she had kind of um she didn't and it, it wasn't a deal breaker apparently and at some point Carla actually gave her permission for Paul to rape Tammy she agreed God. which is unbelievably insane and that right there is just like your little sister yeah like this this part everything that happens with tammy to me is just like the most fucked up part of this case like obviously oh, for sure. yeah it's it's just like unfathomable unfathomable to me like i just cannot no comprehend how that happened so in lethal marriage it says that carla agreed for paul to rape tammy or like whatever i'm gonna use the word rape because that's what it is uh in she it said she had agreed in early December, but other sources give a variety of potential timelines. That's one of the things that I found very conflicting was the timelines in a lot of different sources. So everything I say was like to the best of my ability. But so some sources said that as early as the summer of 1990, 
Carla had agreed, which, if you'll recall, Paul had experimented with drugging Tammy at that point. So he had been putting oh, Valium yeah, yeah, in her yeah, yeah, and her friend's yeah, yeah. drinks, and then they found white powder and stopped drinking it. But and he would, like, go into her room at night and shit. He would go into her room at night, yeah, and, like, masturbate on her pillow while she was asleep. And, so yeah, gross. so disgusting. But so apparently another source I read said that Paul actually had given Tammy Valium, and she passed out, and he had, like, started to rape her, but then she woke up or something. Like, I don't know. There was all these different sources. But as far as we know, he had just tried to drug her, and, like, it didn't really work out. But so... December of 1990, Carla has agreed to the plan of sedating and raping Tammy. Like, this is unfucking believable So she ordered the sleeping sedative Halcyon from a pharmacy, saying that it was for the vet clinic that she worked right, at. Right, she worked at a vet clinic. She worked at a vet clinic. And so she's, like, not even just giving her permission. She's, like, involved. Let me get the fucking drugs so you can knock my sister out. Like, that, to me, is... I mean, it sounds like, Carla, you were... Really, like, complicit in this crime. Absolutely. Like, did Paul have a gun to your head saying, yeah. So, apparently because Paul wanted backup to make sure that Tammy stayed passed out, Carla also stole something called halothane. Might be saying that wrong. I think that's right. Um, it's an ether-like substance. So, she stole What's that. ether? Ether, like, knocks you out. Oh. But halothane's way stronger. So, she stole that from the vet clinic as well to have, like, two sedatives for Tammy. Like... Are you fucking kidding me? So this is about to be a really bad part of this case. So just warning. Buckle up. Yeah. So December 23rd, 1990, Paul decided this was going to be the night that he got to have sex with Tammy. Oh, so close to Christmas too. That's yeah. so rude. It's, I mean, yeah. Actually, that's my dog's birthday. So <laughs> just, to make, birthday. just to make this about me. Um, okay. So side note. Just to mention this, like, repulsive thing. Apparently, at some point, I'm not exactly sure when, but they referred to this as Carla giving Paul Tammy's virginity for Christmas, which is disgusting. <sighs> like, you two are bad people. Oh, <laughs> like, you guys are really awful. Horrific. Yeah. And, you know, the big, big question in this case, I would say, is what was the nature of Carla's involvement? And obviously, we'll get yeah. into a lot of that, but it's it's already looking like she no, was she's pretty fucking right involved. in there. Yeah, yeah. Like you're the normal response I would think would be, that's my sister. I must protect her. Absolutely. Not like that let me your... hand her over on a platter. Ugh. So that and I think her first response was not that. Her first response was jealousy. Right. She and she did at first say, like, no, Paul, I don't want you to do that. But it was, yeah, a jealous it was situation. Because she was jealous. And I think Paul knew her and these these psychopaths, they know how to manipulate yeah. women. So I'm sure he played exactly on Carla's insecurities to pit her against Tammy and make it seem like she had to win him over Tammy. Like, I'm sure yeah. Paul fucking played her like a fiddle. Yeah. But still, no matter how much manipulation, it's still like there's a level of just like morality that yeah, it's you your know? little sibling, like your little sister, like you're yeah. supposed to protect them. That's yeah. your job. Yeah. So that morning, Paul asked Tammy if she wanted to stay up late and watch a movie with him and Carla, which she agreed to because apparently she felt like it was really cool that these older, like her sister and her cool older boyfriend wanted to hang out with her, um, which is so sad. She's a 15-year-old baby. Yeah. Of course she thinks it's cool to hang out with them. And they're fucking predators. So- in the afternoon, Paul crushed up the Halcyon sleeping pills, um, and some sources say that Carla helped. Some say she didn't help with that part, but she stole the drugs in the first place. So, I mean, 
She's in it. Yeah, she's in it. So the Homolka family and Paul were hanging out around the home in the evening. So just as a reminder, there was Carla's mom, Dorothy, her dad, Carol, her younger sister, Lori, who's the middle sister, and the youngest sister, Tammy, who is 15. So Paul was going around filming everyone with his video camera, which is like his thing that he loved doing. And apparently the parents were really annoyed by it and um, just being like, Paul, get out of our face. But the three sisters were all playing along and like kind of hamming it up for the camera. Tammy's parents had allowed her to have a couple drinks that night. So she was having some rum with eggnog. Oh, right. It's Christmas time. It's Christmas time. Yeah. And in Lethal Marriage, it said that she was noticeably groggy and was weaving as she sat on the couch with her drink. So she had already been drugged? Because, of course, yes, her drink had been spiked with halcyon. So after the rest of the family went to sleep, Paul, Carla, and Tammy were hanging out together in the basement recreation room. Paul put on a movie called Lisa, which is about a serial killer woman who murders her dates, because fucking obviously. Paul loved, like, American Psycho, like, any type of... Because you know, he wanted to be. Them. Yeah, he lo- oh, he wanted to be Patrick Bateman. Is Patrick that his Bateman. Name? Yeah, he wanted to be him, which is, he achieved that, sir. Yeah, so Tammy had been sipping a glass of orange juice at that point, which Paul had put more halcyon in because he was feeling impatient. So shortly after the movie started, Tammy put her glass down and just passed out on the couch. After making sure that Tammy wasn't waking up, Paul and Carla moved her onto the floor next to the Christmas tree. Carla went into her room and got the brown flask of halothane, poured some on a cloth, and just held it over her sister's mouth. Then Paul turned on his trusty camcorder and put it on the floor beside him and started recording. Oh, so why do they always record the evidence? Yeah, I know. that It's recording the evidence, but Paul had like a fetish for pornography and he had a fetish for like rape porn and homemade like abuse porn so for him it was like i think part of it was having the tape to watch later for more sexual and like you have to think that it's got to be part of it because otherwise it's part of it yeah yeah. you're literally just filming the evidence like yeah and he's a fucking narcissist you know what i mean he doesn't doesn't care he doesn't have uh remorse especially when you've gotten away with so many rapes already you're like oh i'm unreachable yeah and he kind of I think knows, which we'll get into later. I think he knows, like, he's got Carla, like, he can blackmail Carla with that, too. So it's like, you know. So the camera's filming, and Lethal Marriage, um, the book that I read, has transcripts of what happened. So there's a lot of, there's a couple different books, actually, that have the transcripts. Lethal Marriage has it written out as if it were, like, a novel. Like, it's not like, Carla, blah, blah, blah. It's Carla reluctantly, like, it's, like, describing it. So the descriptor words that I'm going to say are adapted from like this author's adaption adaptation because the actual video footage was never shown to the public obviously yeah out of respect for the victims although the tapes were later played at the trials but the transcripts were released and side note in lethal marriage he says i put the transcripts in here not to like exploit the um the victims but because it shows carla's involvement and people need to know yeah well that's what the whole thing is that's like the whole thing basically so in the book it said that carla was asking paul to hurry up because she was worried that someone might someone upstairs might come down and catch them which is like really bro you're telling him to hurry up because you're worried that not because like you know anyway so apparently paul just told her shut up keep tammy down so carla poured more halothane on the cloth and pressed it again on her sister's face (sighs) yes and 
Let me take this time to actually tell you a little bit about halothane. So it's twice as strong as chloroform and four times as strong as ether. So it's an extremely potent sedative. And in operating rooms, it's not put on someone's face or in ingested. It's administered by vaporizer, which means that you need small amounts of yeah. it to have a huge effect. And she's just pouring it she's on. She's pouring it on her sister's face. And when it's administered in operating rooms, it has to be very closely monitored. Of like course. it's a risky substance. So Carla, who you'll recall worked at a vet clinic, knew all this. And yet she was still splashing the liquid all over a cloth and applying it directly to her sister's face while Paul raped her. So, and Carla definitely had to know that halothane can cause nausea and vomiting as well, that the halcyon sleeping pills came with a huge fucking warning on the side that said overuse can be fatal, as well as do not, like a huge warning on the bottle that said do not take these pills with alcohol. But for some mm. reason, which we may never know, Carla didn't really seem to show any concern about drugging her sister with these substances after giving her alcohol. So I'm sure a lot of people speculate that she she meant to kill her. A lot of people do, especially on good old Reddit. Which, I mean, I think is a very interesting theory, and I don't think, I don't pretend to know, but, like, I think if she's really jealous of Tammy and she's allowing this, it wouldn't be crazy to to think that she wanted to kill her because she's like, Get okay, her out of the way. I'll give Paul what he wants, yep. and then she'll be gone so he can't be compared. Because, like, if in her mind she's jealous of, of his adoration for Tammy – and if she's gone, then she doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. And she's like a fucking psychopath, so she doesn't care. I think a lot of people believe that. And yeah. I don't – I genuinely don't know, but – No, you could never know. We, yeah, we can't thing. know her motives, especially at that point and like heat of the moment. But at the very least, it's incredibly negligent to be drugging her in this way. Of course. Like it's yeah. – well, well, it's – Well, it's already – It is what it is already, but like yeah. you know yeah. what you're doing. yeah. It's insane. Like, it's one thing to be like, okay, let's knock her out and then, like, do this thing. But it's like you're knocking her out with substances that shouldn't be mixed with alcohol and you're excessively overusing the substances that could be fatal. And that say it very clearly that, in the bottle. Yeah. So it, and that's, that you must work with in the vet clinic. Yeah. So that part to me is really, That's like, very in scary. indicative of a motive of possibly wanting to kill her. Yeah. So super disgusting part. Paul started telling Carla to join in on raping Tammy with him. Um, and in Lethal Marriage, it describes Carla protesting and sobbing and not wanting to at first. But then she agreed and started to join in on assaulting her sister with Paul. So it said she was like really, really reluctant to do it, with, which I don't know if that means anything. But to me, it kind of does, especially with what comes later. To me, it does say something that at the very least, she didn't want to get involved well, like sister, that's which nobody should. Also, like it's like another. It's like incestual. Like, yeah, it's, it's gross. Fucking nasty. Yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. I mean, I think she was essentially basically like, if um, if Paul, like if I don't do what Paul says, he's gonna fucking lose it on me. So I just have to listen to him and just get it over with. But it's just like really, like this is this is all just terrible. Yeah, it's so, really disturbing. Yeah. So Carla allegedly reluctantly assaults her sister. And then Paul gave her, he gave her the camera to hold and he raped Tammy again. So while this is all filming, he suddenly stops. And then around this point is when Carla actually turned the camera off. But as far as we know, based on the book, apparently Paul said, I think there's something wrong. When they looked at Tammy, she was blue. 
Her neck had been angled to the side while Paul was raping her, which had probably blocked her air passage, and she had vomited and seemed to have choked on her own vomit. After that, Tammy never woke up again. So, after being like, oh fuck, she might be dead, Paul and Carla decided, let's clean up the evidence. They dressed Tammy up and then moved her into a bedroom that was right next to the rec room, so in the basement. Then they called 911 because, okay, you guys are calling for help, I guess. And the story they gave the police was that, like, when a whole emergency crew arrived, which included police. And the story they gave them was we were watching a movie, we were all hanging out together in the basement rec room. And while we were watching the movie, Tammy was saying, Oh, my vision's blurry. And they thought, Oh, she probably is just feeling dizzy because she had some drinks. She doesn't have an alcohol tolerance. It's not a big deal. So they claimed that they fell asleep in each other's arms partway through the movie, which go fuck yourself, you guys. Yeah. You are not a wholesome couple. And like no one asked. Yeah, I know. It's so extra, so performative. So they're such losers. Yeah, they're the worst. So um they had fallen asleep in each other's arms, apparently, and then they woke up because they heard Tammy choking and coughing. So at that point, Paul claimed he jumped up what's wrong with poor Tammy, love her so much, and try to revive her, like with mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but it didn't work. So at and that point- explains was, like his DNA all over her. Sure, sure. At that point- Not inside her, but- yeah. yeah, at least. That's true. I didn't actually think about that. But yeah, so didn't work. They called for help. And the police were like, that's suspicious, you guys, because why, why were you in the- why was Tammy found in the bedroom when you guys said you guys were in the rec room when this happened? So- why was she moved to the bedroom if you were just trying to give her mouth to mouth? Yeah, why would they do that? And weird, this is the weirdest thing to the police, was she had this red mark all over her face. And it w- was assumed to be like what we assume is a chemical burn yeah, from the yeah, halo yeah. fade. But the police were like, what the fuck is that? Like, how did that happen? So Tammy was taken to the hospital, but they failed to revive her. Yeah. And um, the p- one policeman was still at the Homoka house. So the p- hospital called and said, hey, like Tammy passed away. So he had to break the news to the family. And guess who Guess who was? Yeah, which is the got to be the hardest and worst call to make, obviously. And then guess who had the most upset reaction to I hearing the news? I bet it was Carla. No, it was Paul. Paul was super upset. He was like, no, like yelling, freaking out. Apparently he was like slamming his head against the wall and being so like extremely upset. Like, bro. What a piece of human yeah. trash. But And the annoying thing too is like he loved Tammy so much. So it's like. He didn't love Tammy. No, no, not at Nobody all. Nobody in the right mind would think that he loved Yeah, him. but he He's probably not, thought he did. This man's and, like, not capable of loving anything. That's for sure. So entitled and just like go fuck yourself. So Carla and her sister Lori, who had woken up, were like hugging each other and just softly crying. So I'm sure Car- I'm sure Carla was like, whether or not she intended to carry out a murder of Tammy or simply be an accomplice to rape, I'm sure some part of her was shocked and upset to actually experience the death of her sister. I'm sure that um because especially when you're young, when she's like 20 years old, like yeah, the, 20. the you just don't think about consequences and like when you were yeah. telling me the story like I'm thinking like I'm putting my myself in her shoes and being like 
look, I'm, I got into this. I kind of got in over my head with uh, Paul and right. blah, blah, And, like, I did this. And then it's, like, once you see that, like, you've literally killed her, it's just, like, the panic must sink in. Yeah. And, yeah, like the but, shock. But I'm – I think that the first thing she thought about is herself. How do I get out of this? What are the consequences for me? Not, I don't think that her first thought was, I think, yeah. Um, I, oh my God, my poor sister. Which is just. And that's my own, like, purely my own yeah. speculation, but. A lot of people agree with you. And I just think, like, Carla is such a fucking enigma that we'll probably never know. Yeah, but it's, it's hard. just so, like, the. The psychological boxes, like, it does not click for me. Whereas yeah. with Paul, it's like textbook. You're a narcissist. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But here, it's like, what? what I just what ha- What's happening there? I, I don't understand. so much. That yeah. It's like, I just don't. It's hard to, like, think charitably about them. Right. I mean, I def- I personally hate Paul more, and I will admit I'm biased as a woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So true. I'm definitely really but biased. But I hate Paul but- so much that, like, I hate Carla a lot. Yeah. It, but it's just, like, a little bit less than Paul. Right, right, like, right. still a lot. Because to an extent, Carla, and we'll see more later, to an extent, she is a victim, but also that doesn't excuse anything. But also, I think, and I don't want to get too ahead of the whole thing, but I think think Paul is like slightly more like honest about who he is, whereas that's interesting is not yeah and like where she is now which i won't spoil like oh there's so much there's so much here so yeah so the police were at the house they asked paul like they obviously had to question paul and carla because they had been with tammy so they're like we just want to know the facts of the case yeah um and they said you know why was the fuck did they get out of this one i know it's yeah it's kind of weird how they did right so um they asked um why was Tammy in the bedroom? And Paul said, well, the lighting was better in there, so we moved her there to see what we were doing when we tried to revive her. And the police later checked, and he said, you know, the lighting seems to be the same in the rec room. And Like, this was aside from his conversation. The lighting seems to be the same in the rec room and the bedroom, but the rec room has a, dim- a dimmer switch, so maybe Paul didn't know how it worked. Like, he was like, okay, that could be legit. Yeah. But they did ask, what's the deal with that mark around Tammy's mouth? And Paul had an answer ready. He said, she must have gotten a rug burn when we were moving her into the bedroom, which is extremely suspicious because the police were like, did you drag her face down? Like, how the fuck did she get a rug burn on her face? He should have said that he like slapped her face to try to wake her up. That's something. But I have a photo. Like, there is a photo of the burn and it's like, it's very suspicious looking. Yeah. That was the most suspicious thing to the police. For sure. So Paul and Carla were asked to go down to the police station to give a formal statement, but they weren't being viewed as suspects. The police just wanted to understand how Tammy, who is in great health and 15 years old, could suddenly die from just choking on her vomit. Yeah, and just from having like one Yeah, like eggnog. a couple eggnogs. So Yeah, maybe three, like max. Right. I would have to assume. Yeah, only a few. So they questioned Paul and Carla and they did let them go. Paul put on this huge fucking display where he was like, I know my rights. If I'm not being charged for anything, you guys can't hold me here. Tammy was like my sister. I love her. Like all this bullshit. So they were like, yeah, technically you do know your rights, bro. You, We're not holding you for anything so you can go. Which like innocent people of the world, you should know that too. Yeah, know your rights. If you're not being charged with anything, you can leave. But... Go fuck yourself, Paul. Yeah. So the main thing, though, that the police were really confused about, like I said, was the mark on Tammy's face. But they figured that, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe it was an acid burn from the stomach acid in her vomit. Like, that's what they were like. Maybe it could be that. Like, they they didn't know what it could be. Because they're not assuming that they, like, drugged the shit out of her and raped her. Yeah, exactly. Why would you assume that? I know. Who the fuck would do that? So Tammy's death 
was listed as suspicious and they ordered an autopsy, but no charges were being considered at that point. So a few days later, Tammy's funeral was held and Paul and Carla both left notes in her casket, which were a whole bunch of bullshit and just like, oh, Tammy, we love you so much. XOXO. Um, I'm rolling my eyes really hard. It's, for those yeah. Just and listening. then they also left a photo in her casket, which I'm going to show you, Madison, and we'll put up on the screen um, for all of our YouTube people. They left a photo in her casket as well, which was this photo. It's them. It's a photo of Paul and Carla smiling and waving and it's a very creepy photo that is so creepy and because it's like that in her fucking casket that looks like they're like haha yeah they're, they're like did. hey we girl gotcha yeah it's really creepy what so that Ugh. they left that in there why that like what's wh- what do they have to say about that like what the I fuck know. is that just like hey tammy we love you we're narcissists like i don't know that's the creepiest. Yeah. It's kind of like the opposite of a serial killer taking a trophy. It's like them leaving, yeah, their, leaving their like mark gloating. On it. Yeah. And the letters. Yeah. It looks like they're gloating. It about looks it. like that. And yeah. It's like, really? And yeah. I guess, okay, so picture like you're the parents and you see this and you're, you don't obviously think that they're this complete psychopath. Why they would are. you? You're like, oh, they're like, they loved it. You know? Yeah. I yeah. can see how like you could take that innocently. But my God, no. It's a creepy photo. Everyone check us out on YouTube and watch and listen to this part and watch the photo because it's just like, what the fuck is that? So you just like don't need to do that. Yeah, I know. So everything in this case like this, you just did not need to do that. So uh, not laughing because it's funny laughing because it's insane. So over the next few weeks, the family was grieving and Paul played along and played the role of a supportive, sad family member. At this point, he and Carla both mostly stayed in the house. They skipped meals. They lost weight, acted depressed. And so although it looked like they were grieving Tammy's death on the outside, obviously they were really concerned that the police were going to find evidence of Tammy being drugged and raped during the autopsy yeah, they were doing. Yeah, they were shitting themselves. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's like... And also, you guys are idiots. Was there any sort of like police like putting... Paul's name into a database and being like, oh, he's a suspect as a Scarborough rapist. Like, No, because this was in St. Catharines, which is a different jurisdiction. So at that point, and I'll talk about this later, we didn't have like the FBI central intelligence. So Scarborough's part of the Toronto Metro Police. St. Catharines is part of the Niagara Regional Police. So they didn't have back and forth. Like how, but I just don't understand how like all of Canada can't just have like one database. I think they, maybe they do now, but in the 90s they didn't. Early 90s, late 80s they didn't. So That's it's insane. like, how fucking shitty is that? Because like that would have been a major red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. So while they're like grieving, quote unquote, Paul was actually extra concerned that Carla was going to crack under pressure and admit their guilt because... Yeah, she's probably shitting herself that, like, they're going to figure it out. And he's shitting himself that she's, she's going to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so how did he deal with this? He just mm-hmm. amped up his abusive behavior. Just way, 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 way up. <sighs> he was regularly telling her that he's going to kill her and her family if she said anything. And, of course, he had the video evidence that was implicating her as well. But a couple days into the new year, the autopsy results came back. And the cause of death was listed as aspiration, which is fluid in the lungs. Officially, it had been decided that Tammy had vomited while she was passed out, 
choked on the vomit and died from that. So how do they not find drugs in her system? I know they didn't. They didn't. They have didn't anything. check for them. I guess they must have not checked. Or... I think with a lot of drugs, like you have to look for them in order to find them. It could be that, or maybe it's. I don't know if it's something that like only shows up on certain tests that they didn't run. Like I don't know. I guess they weren't looking for drugs, but maybe they should have been. I just um, understand. Like, do you not just like test the blood and like see what? Yeah. So back? I guess like with all this shit, like these like tests cost money, so it's like you need um some sort of reason to run those tests otherwise they don't do it because like if you're testing everybody for everything then right that's just endless resources which sucks like it would be great if like every i guess it wouldn't be efficient to do it that way but at the same time like that's how you probably would find this stuff yeah because imagine they found the drugs in our system that's already like okay so this is like intentional in some way yeah and then it's like obviously you guys did it and this is really like fucked up and I don't understand how this happened. Paul had raped Tammy twice, both vaginally and anally, but nothing about that had been noted or about the pills in her system. Well, yeah, again, no reason to test her. They weren't her. looking, they yeah. They didn't do rape kit. Um, I have an autopsy photo. Would you like to see it? Yes, but my God, yeah, I already see it. So yeah, that a huge burn on our face. I don't know a if clear chemical if burn. We yeah, can I don't post think it. we should post that. Okay. But like, it's if, out there. You can just Google if it. If you out there. really want to see it, you can find it. Yeah. So it's um, like this massive burn on her face. Which how was that not looked into? Yeah, like that how, alone is like that's extremely super suspicious. Yeah. Vomit does not make a yeah. mark like that. Yeah, you so, could sit and vomit for hours and it would not make a mark like that. I know it doesn't make any sense. But at this point, the Niagara Police Department officially decided that Tammy's death was an accident. So case closed. That's insane. Yep. So after that, life in the Hamoka household went back to mostly normal, or at least seemingly normal. Carla was back working at the vet clinic. Paul was at that point collecting unemployment and smuggling cigarettes. He was no longer an accountant. Um, you know, the Homolka parents had gone back to work. But the family, the Homolka family, was starting to have issues with Paul. They had noticed that he was... Gee, yeah, why? Fucking I finally, why. bro. It took long enough. Oh so God. I guess he had just... He had only moved in end of November. Before that, he was just showing up a couple times a week with, like, gifts and being super fake. But... They had noticed that Paul was always hovering around Carla, especially when she tried to talk to someone in the family, as well as he started like blatantly and openly ordering her around like a servant. So they were like, dude, could you not do that? Yeah. Like, why are you doing this in our house? And you're just being like super overbearing and, you know, rude. So that was happening. Meanwhile, one night while the rest of the family was out, Paul decided to have Carla once again dress up as Tammy and role play her during sex and he taped this little encounter and it is transcribed in lethal marriage but i will spare you the description of that oh my god he basically had her pretend to be tammy and just say a bunch of shit that he would want tammy to say i guess and it's just all like foul incomprehensible so another night he played back the tape they made of them raping tammy and then got mad at carla for ruining the tape by saying she didn't want to join in on raping tammy and then beat her in a rage although he was always careful not to hit her on the face because her family would see bruises so good intentional psychopathy there um yeah so that's paul and carla's first crime together and the first death that we know of that they were responsible for together i think like Obviously, as we've said before, the most controversial aspect of this, like Tammy's death, is the nature of Carla's involvement. Because yeah. 
I would say it seems like Paul never had any intention for Tammy to die. I would assume that he would want to, like, it doesn't seem like he had any interest in Tammy dying. Totally my opinion based on the research. Yeah, I think that, like, my thoughts on that are, like, I think he liked using Tammy to get to Carla. For so sure. if anything, he wouldn't want her dead because yeah, he her would want to keep doing that. Right. And for his sexual gratification. And it also doesn't seem, and I'll wait till the rest of the um, crimes to see what the case is, but it doesn't yeah. seem like he's, like, got any sort of fetish for, like, actually killing people. Right. His it MO seems is like he's Yeah, he likes the rape and the power and the control. And even, like, keeping them alive means, like, they still he still has that, yeah. like, psychological hold on them. Totally. So I don't buy that that he wanted her to die and in, 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 in any case like that her dying just caused more problems for him right whereas for Ta- for carla Could her dying gets rid of problems right and the thing is with paul like i think that's very interesting about his psychology he like he enjoyed the power that he had of the threat over women and then like literally like the violent rape and the abuse but he wasn't one of those psychopaths that wanted to like snuff out a life at least at this point at no. least it seems with him, it would be more like if you killed somebody, it would be to get rid of evidence, not because, because of the act of killing. We're sexually into the right. killing. So debatable, though, whether Carla ever had intention for Tammy to die. I kind um, of think I... It's very debatable. I I'm, think it's... I lean more towards that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very possible. Reddit, like, there's a lot of people who are like, like, this was Carla's intention. Like, people are really on that train. And that was the first time that I'd ever heard that because... I had, like, obviously read all this stuff, but I guess I hadn't really taken in how either negligent or intentionally murderous the drugs that Carla was giving her sister were. So I was kind of, like, believing that, yeah, it was an accident. And um, hearing the takes of people that are, like, hey, she wanted to get Tammy out of the way for Paul. Yeah. It's She's, plausible. Can you imagine if you're, like, a regular person in a relationship and, like, your boyfriend is saying that he, like, likes another woman – not even like your sister how horrible would that be yeah and if you're like some you know if you're gonna sit through that and justify his behavior and like allow it to happen like you're just you're gonna you're clearly not blaming the guy so the next thing right. you're gonna do is try to She's get building rid of up the resentment threat. towards tammy exactly so and i i will talk more about my interpretation of carla's psychology but i agree that she was misdirecting her anger in the wrong place yeah it's like when a when a guy cheats on a girl and then she gets mad at the girl and it's right. like dude yeah who is the problem yeah here? so true it's very it's exactly that so some experts have said that carla was basically operating in survival mode and she was so afraid of paul that she just went along with whatever he wanted basically saying that like she was um suffering from battered women syndrome where she'd been conditioned by Paul's constant abuse to just do whatever it took to appease him. But others have said that Carla had no conscience about her sister's death. And actually on that note in 2001, Elm Street magazine published an article suggesting that Carla had intentionally given Tammy an overdose of halothane. This article called Carla a malignant narcissist and said that she was so jealous and angry that Paul was obsessed with her sister that she intentionally murdered her. So experts on both sides yeah i lean more towards that but i'm you know not a psychiatrist so what do i know me neither but i almost think it's a little combination of both just uh yeah yeah i think that like psychological abuse will change a person or at least will change how a person operates like people will do things under conditions of stress that they wouldn't normally do otherwise like kind of like the lord of the flies thing if you put a bunch of boys on an island and they end up like killing one of them yeah. probably wouldn't have done that in another context so 
I think that there's the fact that Car- uh, Paul was such a piece of shit to Carla. I'm sure that affected her. For sure. And like I'm if she sure had a that, nice guy. That, no, no, absolutely. But it's also like, you know, a lot of people who, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, a lot of people have been abused and they don't do that shit. So. No, and also like she's, she, like maybe maybe this is shitty to say because I haven't been there and I don't know, but like she's living in her family home. Right. Like she's not isolated off somewhere but where she has nowhere to isolated, run. isolated, I think. She definitely psychologically isolated for sure and like definitely – but I, I think it's also part of her narcissism of her thinking like I'm nothing without Paul. Like you you have to kind of Yeah, like she tied her identity to Paul. But that's what narcissists do is make you feel that way. Like they make you feel like you're nothing without them. Yes, but it's like she liked that picture of being in a marriage and yeah. being with this perfect and he's not or he's disgusting yeah, perfect guy of perfect. so much that it's like is it is do you really feel trapped or are you so attached to this idea that you're just like single-mindedly only thinking of this because i remember yeah. like as a 20 year old as a 18 19 20 year old i there was a lot of things that i wanted and it was like it was my shitty self-centeredness that made me want these things and made me like you know be shitty to other people and and um like give up on other things and it's it's not because anybody it's not because like my boyfriend at the time was making me do this or that it was because i selfishly wanted something yeah so i think that that's like part of it i don't think that it's a hundred percent like you know all paul's fault that she turned out like this i think part of her and this is pure speculation of course again but part of her is like i want that dream wedding i want that dream life with this amazing guy yeah and it's like that's that's your own selfishness i think that's for sure and probably like denial is a huge piece of it where she was like just clinging to this unrealistic hope because she just didn't have anything else yeah and it's like she gave up on school and whatever which i think he like tried to make her do like he He did he he like caused that but it's like dude girl you're 20 like you could you 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 got plenty of time to pivot so that's all going down. January 12th, 1991. And I read conflicting accounts on what happened here, but either just Paul or both Carl and Paul lured a 16-year-old girl over to the Homolka's house when everyone was out, and Paul just rapes her and then drives her back home. Or has sex with her somewhat consensually, Which I'm not crazy, sure. Which is crazy, because like, she's, seeing, she's seeing his face, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I wow, think he just kind of brought her over. Crazy. He's bold, yeah. I'm not 100% clear on the details of this, but all I know is that this happened because I read from multiple different sources that this happened and Paul later specifically confessed to this rape. So I guess it was a rape. In Lethal Marriage, it was kind of like um, Paul to- told Carla, hey, I'm bringing a girl over. If you if you see her, pretend you're my friend, um, whatever. And then he like, went and hooked up with her and then told uh, Carla, like, oh, I just, like, fuck this girl. And Carla was like, you deserve it. You're great. Like, she just was like, I don't fucking care. Like, whatever. But I'm sure to her at this point, it's just like sometimes him being with other women is probably just like a relief. Yes, yes. And that happens in multiple instances later in this case. But so I don't really know 100% the details because of the different conflicting accounts. But Paul specifically confessed to this as a rape and referred to this victim as January girl. So that is a Paul with a potential Carla accomplice rape, or at least Carla aware. Yeah. As far as we know, that's the first rape she was aware of because he allegedly didn't tell her that he was the Scarborough rapist. Right, right, right. So 
It's now the end of January 1991, and the Homolkas essentially wanted Paul to get the fuck out of their house. Um, they were just sick of having him there, hovering around, being a dick to Carla. So they finally told Carla, he needs to move out, and we need time alone with the family. Which Carla was super upset because she knew Paul's going to be pissed, and she's going to have to tell him, and he's going to take it out on her. So... That's what happened. I'm so curious as to, like, the family chat. Like, does her mom, like, talk to her about him? That's what I'm interested in. I don't feel that they did. And I think that's where the psychological isolation piece comes in because – and I, I know for myself when I was late teens, early 20s, I was very distant from my parents. And I would have had a hard time confessing something like this to them. Obviously not the Tammy. That's, like, way beyond. But even just, like, the Paul abuse, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to. And – um. And I think it's interesting because maybe there was that degree of emotional unavailability from the parents, yeah, even yeah. though they were in the same house and had just like, like a family with a culture of like not talking about their right, problems. Exactly. Sweep it under the rug type of thing. Yeah. So apparently Paul was like to Carla, that earned you five, which is his saying for like, I'm going to hit you five times for saying that he has to move out like you're trash. <sighs> um, so he was really mad at her, but. The truth was he was really mad that if I'm not here, is Carla going to fucking tell them what we did to Tammy? Like, that's genuinely what he was pissed yeah, about. Yeah, worried. So after only two days of being back at his parents' place in Scarborough, which I'm sure was a nightmare of two days being back with his parents. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right away, two days later, he called Carla and told her he wanted to move or he wanted her to move out with him. So he found a house in an area of St. Catharines called Port Dalhousie and was accepted as a renter by... The homeowners. Uh, we will put up a nice photo of the house, and I will show Madison. Nice little house right here. Cute little nice, house. Nice. It's super cute little house. So he was accepted as a renter by the homeowners, and they were ready to move in on February first. So very, very oh, quickly. Great. Now they have their own. Place. They've got their own chamber. fucking place. So, and then at that point, Paul had given six months of post-dated checks to pay for rent. So it was like we're here, we're settled. Although his only income was from smuggling cigarettes at that point. So he cigarettes, cigarettes. <laughs> so I guess his unemployment had run out and he didn't really have the money to spend on the rent as well as the furniture and like all this other yeah. flashy bullshit he was buying. And she's not working. So uh, she's at the, oh, right. she's at the book, but right. like eight twenty five an hour. I'm pretty sure it was so. But also rent was what, like two dollars a month? I then? think it was like a thousand, <laughs> which is still. Yeah. Two dollars a month. Yeah. It's like, you know, 50 cents <laughs> compared to now. Yeah. So um they didn't have really have this money, but they were able to use Carla's credit card. So they were like, we're buying all this fancy-ass furniture, whatever, whatever. That's never a good idea. Yeah. I mean, there's many bad ideas. and Yeah, yeah. true. So <laughs> of all the bad ideas. Yeah, the credit cards. <laughs> not the worst. So Paul decided that the spare room, this is, I just had to include this. It's like not necessary for the case, but like I fucking had to include this. So he decided that the spare room on the second floor was going to be his rap studio. <laughs> and <laughs> that's where he was going to. still rapping at this point? Yeah, he's going to be a rapper. You didn't know? Oh, I knew that you he didn't did know about Paul Bernardo's illustrious rap career. <sighs> what a fuck. Yeah, so he had this fucking studio, and that's where he was going to work on an album, which he told Carla, I'm going to become rich and famous as a rapper. Like the delusion. Um, Scarborough yeah. rapist. Yeah, he really, really was. So, um, yeah, so that just felt necessary to If add. anybody here watches Trailer Park Boys, he is the psychopathic version of J Rock for sure. For sure. I don't know. I know. I know but it's <laughs> yeah, true. for sure. Let us know if you know that reference. Okay, so this is 
pretty sad. But in Lethal Marriage, basically, <laughs> not surprising, but basically Paul, once he had Carla isolated living with him, he became significantly even more abusive. And if you'll recall, he was already very fucking abusive no, towards her. No, he was her. already horrendous. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure out of the eyes of his of her family. Right. And in imagine. his home. Like and in that's like, that's also, now you're adding physical isolation too. Right. So next level abuse. And uh, so Paul would frequently blame her for Tammy's death, which debatably is fair. Like yeah. it might have been her fault. But so. it's a smart thing to put in her head because then she's not going to tell anyone. Right, right. Master of manipulation. That's fucking for sure. So um, he would have like these seemingly random and sudden outbursts of anger towards Carla where he would verbally abuse her, beat her, shove her to the ground. Um, just be awful. And then a second later would be calm and collected, apologize, help her up, watch her while she cleaned her wounds or whatever. So, Which just, is so classic. Yeah. Very classic. Like, oh, sorry. Sorry you made me hate you. Like that kind of shit. Sorry I was drunk. Yeah. So Paul was unemployed, like I said. So he would stay up late. He would get super drunk. He would replay the tape that he made of Tammy or they made and like masturbate to the tape and just get off on it. Disgusting. Yeah. Meanwhile, Carla had to sleep early because she had to wake up for her job at the vet clinic. However, Paul would wake her up, demand sexual favors, or just wake her up to beat her, and then- Wake her up to beat her? Yeah, because he was just drunk and angry at, in the middle of the night, so he'd wake her up. And he, apparently, he would call it, like, the nightly terrorist attack and be like, I'll wake you up for the nightly terrorist attack. Like, imagine trying to sleep under those conditions. And then, like, depriving people of sleep is another form of That's torture. torture. And And he'd be like- Carla, wake up, like, give me oral sex. And Carla would say, no. <laughs> I'm trying to Did make he it say so. it like that? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My, like, <laughs> functional way of saying it. I don't know what he said. But the, actually, the book describes it that way, too. It's very, like, all right, you guys. Okay. It's always, like, he raped her vaginally. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's not something to laugh at. That's what, that's what Paul said. But then, like, Carla. he said it like that. He said it exactly like that. And then Carla would be like no i'm trying to sleep and then he would like fucking hit her and be like just do it and she'd like cry and do it so i think that's like absolutely horrible and then he was doing this thing where like they were sharing a queen bed i believe it was a queen size bed and he'd be like constantly like being like carla move over you're in my space and like nudging her and then after a while he was like he like shoved her to the ground and was like carla sleep on the floor tonight so she had to sleep on the floor she like went to grab a blanket and like slept on the floor so that was kind of like the vibe that was happening there. And now question. Sure. This is not all videotaped. So no. where is this information coming from? Is this her probably recounting probably it? Probably Carly like, recounting it. Is it purely it? her recounting it? That's what I think. I think that's kind of – I mean, it must be because Paul's not going to admit to this shit. Well, right. But that's that also lends to like – There's a grain of salt. Yeah. I think it's believable. Like, I think a lot of this stuff is believable. Obviously, like, specific events might not be. I think it's believable, but, like, down the line, she's going to... Don't say. We'll say what happens. No, no, I won't say what happens, but, like, down the line, she's probably going to exaggerate the relationship or, like, the bad stuff in order to make herself look better. Right. Because she has to paint herself as a victim. Right. So we don't don't really know how much of this is true or not. There are some things that we kind of know are true because... Um, I buy that this was the vibe. Yeah, but, but I don't, know, don't the know And we don't know if it's like, you know, a, like a level five versus a level 10. We don't, you right. know, I think that's where 
It's kind of great. But the reason that I brought up the other girlfriends is because it really tracks with how he was treating yeah, the other yeah. girlfriends. And I buy that, like, he's a rapist and, like, he's probably sexually abusing her and definitely, like, like physically and emotionally. Um, yeah, but it's like. Right. We don't know for sure with the specifics. Here's something that they do have evidence for, though. Um, so Paul was, like, obsessed with Carla, and this is definitely evidenced in other things, too. He was obsessed with Carla telling her how much she loved him. Like, he just wanted her to say, like, Paul, I love you. Like, you're the best. All this stuff. She'd have to write him notes that said, I love you, Paul, ten times over. So they, like, have all these notes. And if apparently, allegedly, if she didn't say she loved him frequently enough, he would use that as an excuse to just, like, beat up on her. Also, Paul would frequently talk, allegedly, about bringing a young girl home and using her as a sex slave. That was, like, his thing. He was like, I'm going to abduct a girl and we're going to use her as a sex slave, Carla. And apparently, Carla didn't say anything to protest and would even agree when she suggested it, maybe to appease him, but maybe she did get off on the idea, too. I don't know. Yeah, how you know. As far as we know, she did not protest. But that seems to be, like, a pretty, like, I've, there's been many cases of that where, like, there's a couple and the the guy is super abusive and blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, I want, I'm going to bring home a sex slave. And it's like almost a relief to the woman. Yeah, the girl's you know, like, fine, beat up on know her, not me. He's going to turn all of his yeah, abuse to at her. at least some of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that girl who was in the box for 20 right. years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So at this point, Carla, in some of her letters to her friends, would so evidence for this, would continue to say, I'm having a great time with Paul. We love having our own place together. It's such an adventure, like all this stuff. So she was saying all that. And they continued to plan for their wedding that was going to be in June. So this wedding was going to be oh, like yeah. very, very fancy, expensive. Who's paying for this wedding? Uh, the parents. So Carla's Carla's family wanted them to scale it down because they're like, we just spent so much on Tammy's funeral. Also, oh she just God. died. Isn't this in bad taste for you guys to have a huge fucking flashy extra wedding? But apparently Paul was like, I'm not even going to consider that. Like, I'm this like fancy wealthy man and i should be you know what i mean like <laughs> he was cigarettes. like yeah like he was like uh no a man of my status should be having this fancy wedding and a rapper of this yeah level. of this caliber so apparently he was like i don't know if this is true but apparently he like told um carla's parents like take out a second mortgage on your house to pay for this wedding like we're having this wedding could you imagine if the your audacity. daughter's fiance was i would be like get the fuck out of yeah, here like he's so entitled so Wedding plans and they were continue. like, okay. I think they compromised. Like, I think they were kind of like, you know, we'll do what we can. And then I think at one point, Paul had to ask his parents for some of the money. And he was like, Carly, your parents are cheap. Like, they won't pay for the wedding. Yeah. And like, what did his dad give him? I don't know. I think maybe he gave him some money. I'm not really sure. So I can't imagine that yeah. the father would be that generous. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So in mid-March, Paul went on a trip to Florida, which included his friend Val Smyrnas, who you might recall was involved yeah, in telling that. the police that he was the Scarborough rapist. Right, right, right. Um, it was like one of his longtime friends, which, bro, why are you hanging out with Paul? That's a mistake. So on this trip to Florida, Paul hooked up with a woman there. And like they were like, you know, picking up girls and whatever. And he creeped Val out, who like... Why are you still friends with Paul? Yeah, when um, you've told people that when, like you think he's their Scarborough rapist. Right, right. I, I don't know if it was him who had said that or his brother. It was something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, but wasn't it the brother? It might have been the brother, but they, like, Val had noticed that, like, Paul was creepy already. Yeah. Which, because he was always talking about, like, raping bitches and stuff. And, and Val's like, why do you talk about women that way? <laughs> like, why are you like this? So they had brought these women over and Paul was like, I guess, like, 
hooking up with her in the same room as Val. And then she like scratched his back like passionately or whatever. And he freaked out on her and was like, don't fucking scratch me and threatened her with a knife. And Val was there. So he was just like, dude, what? This is very violent and terrifying. And Carla apparently just didn't care or was she on the trip too she wasn't there she wasn't on the trip but i believe at one point paul had shown her a videotape of like hey look i hooked up with this other woman and carla was basically like well if he hooks up with another woman at least i won't be as abused like that basically so april 6th or sorry april 6th 1991 paul was hiding in the bushes back in port dalhousie when a 15 year old girl was jogging by he jumped out from behind her grabbed her with one hand and put a gloved hand over her mouth, dragged her into the bushes and violently, anally raped her. Yeah, just like horrible. And then when he was done, he told her, don't call for help or I'm going to come back and kill you. But she did call for help from two guys walking by. She was like, that guy just raped me. And these two guys chased Paul, but he knew the area. So he was able to escape, which is so shitty. Could have caught him right there. Could've I was so right ready there. to be like, and they caught him and brought him in, and like, that I would wish be so sick. I wish. So, she was questioned by the police at the hospital when she went, and she gave a description of Paul. She said he's blonde, about six feet tall, good looking, which you are debating. I mean, I don't think I think he looks like a creep, but I, I strongly disagree. Yeah, and it was like, hey, this guy kind of looks like the Scarborough rapist. He looks like a like man baby like he's got a weird baby yeah yeah he is exactly and that's what the composite photo of the scarborough rapist looked like but the police in the niagara region which is where saint Catharines is in didn't connect with the police in scarborough right they're not thinking he's a scarborough rapist no so they didn't pursue the possibility of a connection between this rape and the ones in scarborough yeah so at that point Mid-April, Paul had recently declared bankruptcy with more than 20000 in debts, but he continued Told to- Told you about the credit card, yeah, Paul. Yeah, should have thought that through. Should listen to me. So he continued to want to keep up appearances, so they finalized plans for their expensive wedding um, that I believe both the parents were paying for, as well as a honeymoon in Hawaii. Why not spend more? So- This is probably the only part of the case that I like. (laughs) So Paul could sometimes still be nice to Carla, the way he was at the beginning of their relationship. And one day he agreed to get a dog, which Carla had always wanted, but previously he refused because he said he was allergic. So they got a Rottweiler named Buddy. That's my favorite part. They had a cute Rottweiler. (laughs) The fucking poor dog was just like adopted or like uh, bought by these two. I know. I'm sure the dog, like, I'm sure. Yeah, it's not fair for the dog, but. Anything about a dog. Yeah, but I'm sure, too, is like, somebody who's, like, experiencing, a, a like, a very abusive relationship, it's, like, here's you, a dog. Well, like, yeah, you get something to, like, put, like, good energy towards. Yeah, so yeah. maybe she was really nice to the dog. Uh, right. Hopefully. I don't know. Hopefully. Apparently, she was an animal lover. Honestly, everything I've read didn't seem like they, like, were that bad to the dog. I don't think they're great dog parents, but... I can't imagine they were great at anything. Yeah. Let's get back to... <laughs> the bullshit that they were doing so the next like crime that they committed that i know of um i read once again conflicting accounts of exactly when and how this took place but one uh source that i read said that it took place on june 7th so carla had an acquaintance who was i don't i read different things some said she worked at the vet clinic or volunteered. Some said Carla knew her elsewhere. Anyway, she was 15 years old. They invited her over to their house. 
And this girl's identity has been kept off the record, I assume, because she's known as Jane Doe in this case. She's a minor. Yeah. So once again, Carla had agreed or decided, I don't know if which, what it was, but she had stolen sleeping pills and halothane, that uh, chloroform-like substance from the vet clinic. So they invite Jane over. Also, um, I should say, again, read conflicting accounts. Some said that, like, they had invited Jane over multiple times because Paul was really into her. Paul was buying her gifts, blah, blah, blah. But she didn't seem to want to initiate sexual contact. And Paul was just getting pissed. And he was like, next time she comes over, we're just going to do it like this. So that, 15 years old. So they spiked Jane's drink. And when she passed out, Paul got his camera, of course, and started recording. So here's what we know. Once again, Paul raped uh, this young girl, both vaginally and anally, while Carla held a halothane-soaked rag over her mouth. And on tape, Carla joined in, performing oral sex on this girl. And on these tapes, Carla is shown seemingly in pleasure during this situation. So I don't know. Was Carla doing this to appease Paul, or was she genuinely getting off on this? Either way, it's bad. It's bad either way, but I think it's like there's a case to be made that, oh, Paul got super mad at me repeatedly for ruining the tape we made of Tammy being raped because she said she didn't want to be part of it. So there is a case to be made that she was like performing like she was liking it, but she really hated it. I don't know. But on the transcripts, it's describing her seeming to be into it. So it's hard to say, right? And either way, like, I get you're an abuse victim and blah, 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 but, like, you let this happen and yeah. you drugged her and right. you're a part of that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how much stress you're under. You're still you're part of it. Like, yeah, you're still responsible for that. So once again, while Paul was actually filming Carla assaulting Jane, they noticed that Jane started gagging and stopped breathing. So Carla called 911 and she was like, "We, our friend is over. She passed out. Um, but Paul was able to revive Jane or I'm not sure if she just revived herself. So Carla was like called back and was like, hey, canceled. Never mind. You guys don't have to come. And it was one of those things where usually the police would still come out just to be sure. But they didn't that time. And I also think it's interesting that they're like calling 911. Yeah, like so quickly that like she like because you'd have to think that they would be calling 911 in a pretty quick amount of time because she w- did become yeah, revived like it, seemed it wasn't like it like- was right after they noticed and it's like so obviously you guys i guess didn't want her to die but also you're really like implicating yourselves yeah by and doing that's like that. super suspicious because like what, how does she like wake up and not know what happened yeah well yeah i don't know and so apparently they dressed jane back up they tucked her into bed and in the morning they just joked with her like girl, you passed out last night, like, whatever. And yeah, I guess gonna depending drive you home. on how they drug her, like, you could just be, like, be groggy and pass out and not know, yeah, right? Yeah, I think that. Um, and apparently, from what I've read, she didn't realize what had happened to her. I think that, like, if you've been raped, you probably would feel, like, leftover pain from it. So it's possible that she didn't realize what happened because she was so groggy and out of it because they drugged her. But maybe she just didn't want to report it to anyone. Maybe she just felt uncomfortable about the situation and didn't want to say anything. Because well, I think a number common. of things could be true. But also, like you could wake up and be like, like your first thought is not that like the two people that you were friendly with were friendly that were like buying gifts and violently raped you after right. they drugged you. Like if you don't even think you were drugged, which I don't know how you would not be like 
something. I mean, she was 15, so she probably didn't have a lot of experience drinking. So they probably gave her a couple drinks and they were like, oh, girl, you passed out. And she's like, yeah, I drank too much. I'm hungover. And I feel like you could think like you could think like, oh, maybe I have like period cramps or something or like some sort of. Right. I don't know. She probably felt nauseous. She probably felt like other discomfort. So that happened. Three weeks later, June 29th, 1991, Paul and Carla got married. The night before at the rehearsal dinner, a friend of Carla's and also one of her bridesmaids both noticed that she had bruises on her arms since she was wearing a sleeveless dress. And I think it's very interesting that Carla didn't wear long sleeves to cover the bruises, which she could have. Um, But when other people asked about them, which happened there and also had happened in other instances where people had noticed bruises on her, she would either say, oh, that's just from playing with my dog, Buddy, or um, the animals at the vet clinic and or just like some accidental situation so she would kind of like brush it off but i still think it's interesting that she intentionally obviously displayed the bruises bruises there and Um, i think it's hard to like as somebody else like i think if somebody had bruises on them one time like i probably wouldn't think they're being abused not that it's a a pattern yes yes that you start to recognize it and it's like yeah you work with animals so some people bruise easily like i guess it is kind of uh explainable but it's also like weird so on the day before the wedding um basically a lot of the guests were feeling really weird about what was going on because they were like why does carla have a bunch of bruises on her Mm, that's kind of weird yeah people were weirded out by it but nobody actually followed through with like confronting either of them at that point so they were just kind of like it's their wedding like let's be nice um so the day of the wedding paul and carla put on a show of being a happy couple even though um carla's family was pissed because they hadn't agreed to cut down the cost of the wedding or postpone it after tammy's death paul was barely on speaking terms with his family and they had been really shitty about planning so they left all these like reservations to the last minute and made carla's bridesmaids pick up the slack and rush to make calls so it was all just like looked like everyone was smiling but everyone was not in a good mood kind of (laughs) vibes with everything else that was going on in their relationship yeah see this is where i'm just like you two are just like fucking dicks like yeah not only are you doing all this like murder and raping and everything but it's like then everybody else has to like sit there and applaud well, you one while you have this like questionable manslaughter or murder that we know of but yeah i know well that's what i mean they're there they murdered her they they killed her yeah so just the fact that they still wanted to do the wedding i mean whatever i'm sure paul was very forceful being like carla we're fucking doing this and she was like okay paul whatever you say yeah but i think she fucking but loved she that also dress. probably she, and their like little carriage and yeah all they the- were in a carriage we'll insert some photos yeah just um, like your guys's wedding was a lot yeah like i have the Maybe lay low. The nice little carriage that they were in with a driver, with a horse, with their <laughs> Madison hates Carla's wedding dress. It's I mean, it's so just really ugly. fluffy and ugly. Yeah. It's just so like 90s, like fluffy. Yeah. Their their fashion is very late 80s, early 90s, which yeah. I think is like some, we'll add a little nostalgia into the yeah. terrors of this case. But so they had their wedding and later Carla would say she never wanted to marry Paul and it is possible that this is true um, because, as we know, even though she's smiling in all these photos, she does not quite have a happy look in her eyes. Something you may even refer to as a dead look behind her she eyes. Does have a dead look behind yes, her eyes. which I mean, I'm sure her, her soul died at a certain point. Absolutely. And maybe it was when she raped and murdered her sister. Maybe. 
So, like I said, June 29th, 1991, day of their wedding. That very same day, a man and his son were fishing at a local lake in a shallow section about knee-high. We know about, you know, grandfathers and fathers fishing with their sons. Should they find that? You're always going to find something, yeah. Just like, don't go fishing with your grandfather. No, a man and his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they noticed several square objects at the bottom of the lake, and they decided to take a closer look. The objects were boxes made out of concrete, and some of the tops were coming off. When the man lifted the tops of the boxes off, he found parts of a dismembered corpse inside. These were the body parts of Leslie Mahaffey, a 14-year-old girl that had been abducted and repeatedly raped, beaten, and then murdered by Paul and Carla two weeks earlier. Yeah, I remember that name. Two weeks before their fucking wedding, they're doing this shit. So that's where I'm going to end it for today. Next time, we'll continue with describing those series of events. But we will leave it at that for now. So what do you think? Well, that, I, I mean, I won't get too much into it, but, like, that's an escalation. Yeah. Chopping her up. Yeah. It's horrible. An actual, like, murder as opposed to two weeks earlier. So interesting thing, the Leslie Mahaffey murder had been two weeks before. And some people, some sources will date the uh, Jane Doe rape after. Some will date it before. But if it was before, which was in lethal marriage, then it was an escalation. Because Jane Doe, they raped and then they were like, girl, you passed out. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this girl. But even towards like the killing or whatever we're calling that of the sister. Right. Like they they called them one or whatever. Yeah. This is like they like, killed someone. And chopped up her they body. chopped her up. Yep. God so, damn. That escalated. This has been extremely disturbing, this episode. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot. I. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And there's more. Yeah, there's plenty more. So originally I'd said I was going to do three parts, one on the like early life and times, whatever, two on the crimes, three on the aftermath. We're actually going to split up the crimes into a part two, which was this and another part three. So there's well, I'm going to tell you guys about what happened with Leslie and what happened next in their little criminal arrangement um, before we get to part four, which is going to be the aftermath. So. Yeah, we should stop yeah. seeing how many parts it's going to be during part one because <laughs> we just keep adding just more shit. No, it's really hard. There's a lot of details about this case too, which I think is very interesting. Obviously, um, so I want to do it justice and like explain everything that happened in as fair of a way as possible, mm-hmm. like lay the facts out. So honestly, after all that, like I kind of want to do a check in of like how bad do we think Carla is? Because like Paul's obviously this like serial rapist yeah carla could be an unwilling accomplice at this point we don't really know but she's an accomplice nonetheless yeah and like even if you're unwilling you're a grown-ass woman right well 20 i mean i'm sorry you're too old to be murdered murdered. yeah yeah yeah. you can't be a murderer you can't blame being a victim on murdering right like there's a line you can't yeah even rape you can't yeah sorry i agree so I think it's a lot of murderers and rapists and everything had like really shitty childhoods, right. and I get that, and that sucks, and that's definitely a reason for why you have shitty behavior. And I right. feel for the child version of you, I yes. really do. But the second you start you're abusing other people and killing other people, yeah, like as an adult, you're responsible. And exactly, I think that it is no matter what unexcusable, obviously. But I want to understand the why, and that's Absolutely. why this like enigmatic mystery of carla just yeah and it's especially because we don't know so much so much about her childhood and her like family life so curious to know yeah so that's with paul's right we know we know what happened there so we'll leave it at that for part two and we're going to be back next week with part three 
So get ready. Lots more gruesome detail to come. Be ready. Go hug your dog. Go to call your mom and tell her you love her. Yeah. And remember. And please to- share. Yes. <laughs> please share, guys. <laughs> Comment on Instagram. Follow, like, subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we are on YouTube if I did not casually mention that enough times in this episode. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. You can see us. Uh, we put up visuals. Our producer, Aiden, inserts all the visuals. And I think it adds a lot of interest to the cases to have like some of these visual components so you will see those um but if you are listening on apple or spotify subscribe rate follow all that stuff we really appreciate it and if you're looking to chat with us uh instagram is where we do a lot of chatting. yeah instagram's good feel free to email us at who's knocking podcast our email is hello at who's knocking podcast.com we're still not doing anything on Twitter as of the recording of this episode, but at Who's Knocking Pod on Twitter. We're very reachable. <laughs> yeah, reach us. Let us know what you think. I mean, I think a lot of people who are in the true crime world know about this case. It's not yeah. like an obscure case by any means. Especially, especially Canadian. Right, exactly. Like very we kind of all know Canadian about case. this, but um, I just really wanted to talk about it because it is so unbelievably interesting and just terrible and fascinating yeah right at the intersection of those two things i agree i agree so thanks for listening if you made it this far we appreciate you um and don't forget to stay safe out there because you never know who's knocking this podcast is produced in collaboration with lost line media artwork by august digital music by matthew cook